This episode of the Power Company Podcast is brought to you by you. It's all about you, made specifically for you, and kept sponsor-free because of you. Thanks for listening and for helping us build this. Maybe don't know. This time, this time, this time, this time. As soon as I saw it, I knew that I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I'm not, I don't even care if it's a V9. I don't care if it's like a V4. It's right. like the coolest boulder problem I've ever seen. What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to the Not So Average series from the Power Company podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. In this series, we talk to the regular folks out there, you know, the people just like you. And we try to find out why you're not so average. In this episode, we're talking with a 22-year-old climber and friend of mine, Tanner Wilson. I'm Tanner Wilson. I've been climbing for... Mm, four and a half years, almost would be five years this summer, and I'm from Miamisburg, Ohio, a little town just south of Dayton. And that's Dayton, Ohio, not Dayton, Tennessee, um, lest you think that Tanner's lucky to be close to so much really great climbing. Um, you know, I'm from Ohio, and I, I understand Tanner's uh, predicament, the predicament of everyone in Ohio who wants to be a boulder. It's, there's not a whole lot of great bouldering nearby, and... Um, Tanner went on his first big road trip this winter, and shortly after, he posted on our uh, Power Company community page on Facebook uh, five lessons that he had learned on his trip. And, uh, you know, much like climbing often does, you know, I think there were some life lessons hidden in there. But first, let's, let's talk to Tanner a little about the trip itself. Well, we went to the Triple Crown at Horsepin. First thing. Uh, good place to start with destroying your elbows. Yeah, good place to start destroying your elbows and your skin <laughs> yeah. and your chest and yep. everything, forearms. But uh, we were at Horsepins for a week, stayed throughout the Triple Crown, and then a couple of days after that. And then I branched off from like all my friends that came down with us. Yeah. And we headed to Rocktown. And we were at Rocktown for like four and a half weeks. So it was like cool. five and a half weeks total. Yeah. And you split apart to some other little areas now and then, right? Mm hmm. Uh, we went to LRC once, went to Little River Canyon once, and then went to Citadel, which was really cool. Oh, yeah. I've heard yeah. it's cool. I haven't been. It's sweet. Yeah. It's kind of pebbly, yep. but good good climbing. Um, and then we went to Pet Boys three times. Okay. Yeah. So that was really it. We tried to stay exclusive to Rocktown just because there was so much stuff that we wanted to do there Yeah. Uh, that we didn't really have... We didn't want to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rocktown's pretty much the the mecca. Yeah, Rocktown's pretty badass. Yeah. Had you? What was your longest climbing trip prior to this one? I think uh, eight or nine days. Yeah. I did a like a tour of the southeast. We just did the big three, so we went to like Rocktown and Stone Fort and Horsepins. Right uh, for it was two or three days at each or whatever. Yep. I think we did two days at Rocktown, two days at Stonefort, and then the rest we stayed at Horsepins. Yeah, so you barely even got to see it. Yeah, no, we didn't yeah. see anything. I didn't even have a Rocktown guidebook when we went, <laughs> so we were just like walking around trying to climb stuff with chalk on it. Yep. I knew what the orb was. That was about it. Yeah, totally. I think that's the way most people come into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you set up in like the the cool sprinter van, you know, <laughs> hashtag van life, nope. that whole thing? No hashtag van life. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have a... 
pretty beat up 1995 Toyota 4Runner. Yeah. Um, and I had all of my stuff on one side. I took the back seats out and laid like the backrest down. Yep. Um, all of my stuff was on the passenger side and like totes, and I had like a shelf in there, yep. like a tote with the drawers. Right. And then I had like. It was barely wider than my shoulders. Like I almost had to sleep on my side every night, uh, but I had a foam in there with a sleeping bag and a blanket and a pillow. That was it. So no hashtag van life. Couldn't yeah. stand up in my car. So you and Connor didn't cuddle at night? No. That. No, he, he was actually, he had like a double-decker thing going on in the back of his Ford Expedition. Yeah. So he had like this much room between oh, him like and a, the top like of his car. like a foot between himself and the... Yeah, but oh, he had man. everything he needed with him. So it was... He couldn't sit... He couldn't even sit up. I could at least sit up. But yeah, yeah Connor was... Like when he got in his car, he was going to bed. That was it. <laughs> he was when, going to bed or reading a book like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> right in his face. <clears throat> yeah. When Jesse came down, what did you do? Um, Jesse has a Ford truck. Yeah. And she has a camper shell on the back of it. So we put like, and it was sweet because in my forerunner, I can't stretch my legs out. Like I would have <laughs> so. to put my feet in between my seats to stretch my legs out all the way. Nice. And um, the back of her truck is like eight feet long. So I immediately took all of my stuff, put it in the back of her truck and slept in it because I could finally stretch out. Uh, nice. I could finally like move around. It was, it was nice. Yeah. It was definitely cool. Yeah. No, no big vans. Jesse has her van, but it's in the shop right now. Yeah, she's so, got a sweet little bus. Pretty sweet. What's her bus's name? Joy. Joy, that's <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, that bus is amazing. I might end up stealing it from her. What, uh, were you cooking every night? Uh, yeah. I know you didn't spend a ton of money on this trip, right? No, I, I went in to horse pens with like $1,600 I had saved up because I did originally didn't plan on going on this trip. Yep. So I just saved money for like, month and a half two months mm -hmm. um and then i spent like six hundred dollars or something at horse pens <laughs> i don't even know on what like i bought a ton of food and you know obviously beer it's a triple crown if you're not drinking beer yeah yeah somebody's gonna hand you a beer anyway so yeah but um bought a ton of beer and then like camping was like a hundred dollars because we stayed for a week it's kind of expensive to camp there oh yeah. yeah but um yeah i spent way too much money there and then I ended up having like I think right around eleven hundred bucks when I went to Rocktown. Came home with like three hundred fifty. Nice, dude. So That's... Cooked cooked every night, but definitely didn't eat all as much as I probably should have. Yeah. Um, my stomach shrank like a whole bunch. I think because <laughs> I used to eat a ton, and now I don't eat hardly at all. Um, so in a way, it was good. I lost like eleven pounds. Nice on the trip. So yeah, down into bouldering shape. Yeah, got into bouldering shape. Yeah. So. Hashtag dirtbag diet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. dirtbag diet, <laughs> for sure. You know, most of us want to bounce all over the country on our first road trip and climb everywhere we can. And, and I think there's some valuable lessons to be learned there as well. Uh, but I think it was important for Tanner to spend, you know, this entire month and a half in, in one general area. Uh, because he came across some some ideas that he that may not have presented themselves had he been spreading his time out to other places. And uh, when Tanner posted on our Facebook page uh, the five lessons that he had learned, his number five sounded really simple: that that crimps aren't actually his weakness. 
but I think it's important to note that you know a lot of us in the gym have these perceived weaknesses and, and outside I shouldn't I shouldn't necessarily differentiate but we have these perceived weaknesses and when we believe that we're bad at something sometimes we just won't try that hard really didn't hit me until I did guillotine that v6 uh-huh heinous crimps like for the first like five moves yep um I was standing under it I couldn't see the holds like there's chalk on these little nubbins like fingernail crimps and I was like v6 my butt but um, <laughs> I ended up doing it like four or five tries and that's totally my anti-style right like slab techie small crimp climbing not my forte yeah ended up doing it really easily and I was like huh those didn't feel that bad yeah. And then we got on a few other crimpy problems that were easier. And then it really hit me when I did Sherman Photo. Because mm-hmm. I tried Sherman Photo once this past summer. And it was also 90 degrees, but I try not to ever blame the weather unless it's raining. But <laughs> in the south at 90 <laughs> degrees in the summer, you can blame well the weather raining. all day. Yeah. yeah. But um, that really, really bad crimp in the middle of the face that you have yep. to lock off on. Yep. I could not even touch that i couldn't even lock off on it um so came home and did some hangboard stuff and went back and did sherman photo in like less than 10 tries nice so that crimp felt great and it was colder so that helped it was sticky (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah i realized that hey you know maybe i don't have to avoid things that are super crimpy because i would normally yeah and then connor would kind of kick my butt into shape and be like no get on it like it's not that bad they're just crimps well yeah yeah good job connor (laughs) good job connor thanks buddy (laughs) yeah well so why do you think that is do you think it's all just because of the hangboarding or do you think there's something else there that i think the hangboarding helped but i did only hangboard for like two months Mm -hmm. and it was it wasn't like a hangboarding plan like i would hangboard sometimes sometimes i wouldn't Mm -hmm. you know anything helps kind of thing sure um I think that I was just kind of wussing out, really, and I would, you know, I would hit a bad crimp on a boulder problem, and even though I would latch the hold, I would just drop off. Like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not messing with that. Right, so right. It, it was a mental thing, I think. Yeah. And it sounds silly, like, oh, you're scared of crimps. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it happens all of, of us. Uh, most people, most of us, let go before we're, before we fall off. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm definitely guilty of it. I know most people are, most people that I watch. So I think that's important to learn, you know, and did that develop while you were out there, do you think? Yes. That ability to try hard. You said you were starting to flash fives all the time, starting to flash sixes. You must have turned on some try hard there. I seriously did. Um, There's a certain amount of grit that you have to have once you get to a certain grade in bouldering. Yep. And I never had that grit. I would never just like grit and bear it, you know. Yep. Um, I never yelled on a boulder problem until this trip. So, wow. that, yeah, I never, <laughs> one had never made me scream. And then I screamed on one, felt great. <laughs> Huge weight lifted <laughs> off my shoulders. I screamed on one, yeah. felt great. But, um, yeah, I just, every time I latch a bad hold now, I just tell myself to grit and bear it. And, you know, when you can hear your fingernails cracking on the, on the crimp, you know, it's, yeah, you're not coming off. Yep. Unless you let go, you're not coming off. Yeah, so, totally. You just got to have that thing in the back of your head.
And that leads us right into Tanner's number four point. Uh, you know, after dedicating some time to training, uh, Tanner jumped two grades from the spring season to the winter season. And he began flashing his previous project grades, which were around V6, low V7. And he realized on this trip that whether it's indoors or outdoors, if you work hard and stop making excuses, that's when progress happens. What were, what were the excuses you were making prior to that? Uh, there was a bunch. <laughs> I got a whole book of them. Um, but <laughs> most of the excuses that I had was just, I don't know, being in a gym environment, like at Rock Quest or at Urban Crag, where there's tons of people in there all the time. Yep. Uh, it's really hard to focus. And I would go in and I'd be super psyched on my session. And then I would go in there and I would just end up climbing on whatever and like, oh, that problem looks cool. Let's get on that. Mm -hmm. I'd end up talking to people. Um, but now I'm that jerkwad with my headphones in that doesn't talk to anybody. Right, right. So I, that was my biggest <clears throat> excuse was, oh, well, the gym's going to be here tomorrow. Let me just climb a little bit today and then tomorrow I'll come back. And then I wouldn't come back. And, sure. And there were a lot of excuses on why I was falling off of things when really it was just because I would always just tell myself I wasn't strong enough mm -hmm. when in reality I was. I was just falling because I didn't have the right foot or I wasn't keeping my feet on or, you know, just silly things like that. And it's hard to make yourself like realize, hey, you're being an idiot actually just climb it buckle down and try and climb it yeah and uh it was just hard for me to tell myself to do that yep and it's like an ego thing i guess a little bit sure sure it is like all oh, this problems bs because i can't do it right right so all oh, that moves just awkward yeah. or you know that just doesn't person. suit me or yeah, yeah exactly so. so that was another big one was just just random excuses like that yeah did you have like did connor hold you accountable or people you're climbing with did Connor yeah. would sometimes hold me accountable, yes. I'd be like, oh, no, screw that. Like, You're like a foot and a half shorter than me. Like, of course you can do it. And you'd be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Yep, yep. And then same thing with him. You know, I could just reach a hold. He'd be like, oh, you can just do that because you're tall. I'm like, well, jump. Yeah, totally. <laughs> do something. Yeah, there's lots of super strong short folks and yeah. lots of strong tall guys. So, you know, you both get to use the excuse and then you both get to say not a chance yeah i was his jimmy and he was my daniel <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of looking at it i like that comparison for a lot of reasons um and not least because if you look at jimmy and daniel's climbing they're not guys who are just out there you know projecting at their top level all the time if you look at jimmy's a-day scorecard He's got 948 double-digit boulders. And if you look at Daniels, up until he stopped logging ascents in 2014, he had 723 double-digit boulders. So those guys are out there getting a lot of volume in and, and learning to climb really well. And on this trip, Tanner did 89 problems over V2, 40 of which were V5 and harder. And remember, his previous project grade was V6. And he says that that kind of mileage changed his climbing. And now he knows he's capable of climbing smooth and efficient like the strong climbers that he admires. And uh, you know, I wondered if that was something he went in 
into the trip with the intention of learning to climb smooth and efficient um you've seen me climb yeah plenty of times uh <clears throat> i cut feet and i do these weird drop knees everybody calls wonky tanner beta yeah. and i do all this <laughs> stupid stuff that i need to quit doing and you've told me that and other people have told me that um, well, i don't know that you need to quit doing it just need to but find the the other solutions as well yeah i think it's good to have your your quirky beta that works for you. Mm -hmm. It's good to know that. It's good to be able to see it and to find it. But I also think it's good to know those, know how to do those solutions that work for most people. Yep. And I don't know, it was just, I knew that I was climbing like crap. I looked like in the videos that I have of myself. Um, you didn't look how you wanted to No, look. I looked like I had never climbed a rock before ever in my life. Mm -hmm. It was just, I looked really, really bad. And I realized that, like, looking at my videos from this trip prior to other trips, um, it was just night and day difference. Right. Like, I actually look like I know what I'm doing. I was actually kind of sussing out my beta and, like, reading the route before I would get on. Normally, I'll just get on it and just throw for holds. And if they're good, I'll hold them. If they're bad or if that's not the hold, mm -hmm. then I'll fall. Uh, I quit doing that, so that was cool. Um, never been a good flash or on-site climber, and that changed uh, because I kind of learned how to read routes outside. Yeah, yeah. You look like, I mean, I watched the video of you doing, I think it was, there was a video of you doing um, uh, Golden Throttle. throttle. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. And that's a heady problem, you yep. know. You're way up there doing some hard moves, and you looked confident, I felt you know, good. You looked like you were climbing really well. Uh, I onsighted that one, thank God. Um, <laughs> never going to do that one again, probably. Yeah. Uh, but I got on that one, and we threw all the pads down. We had a bunch of pads. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm just going to do it right now. Because we were trying to get all of our ticks on the front page. Yeah, you know, it has like right, the best of the best. Right, yep. We were trying to get all of them up to V6. Nice. And we, I think that I had like three V5s left and then four V6s left to do sweet but the one those ones were just i don't know why but we couldn't even touch them yeah <laughs> right yeah that happens you know <clears throat> they were they were extremely hard but yeah i got on golden throttle and i got up there and it just was like oh crap i'm like above the fall zone gotta chill out same thing on freed's fall i had down climb from the top move on that thing like three times before over yep. in the summer yeah and i got on it and i did it first try this time i just had to chill out yeah. I like highballing now. Yeah, comfort cool. levels changed. Yeah, it's, it's nice. There's absolutely no question that spending those five and a half weeks uh, in the southeast bouldering and doing 40 problems V5 and harder made Tanner a better climber. Um, progress in climbing isn't all about just getting to the next grade. Sometimes it's about mastering the grade that you're at. And, uh, you know, Tanner went into this trip with a, a big goal in mind initially. And, um, and that goal changed. And, and he made a really mature decision uh, just before he left on his trip. And, and that's his number two point, that sometimes goals can change. And that's okay. So I started playing this trip like a few months before I actually left. 
Um, first priority was to send the orb. And then that changed right before I went on the trip because I realized that my main goal is to send the orb the first two weeks. I'm probably just going to be on the orb and on everything around it. I'm going to warm up right. on the same stuff. And yeah. I'm not going to get to see Rocktown like I wanted to. Um, so everything changed. And I wanted to do 100 boulder problems over the grade of V4. Well, V4 mm-hmm. plus. Um, and I actually came kind of close to that goal. But that goal also changed because I realized that I was just kind of like beating myself into the ground. Yeah. Like it was like, okay, let's go to this area, do all the V4s, all the V5s, all the sixes, and all the sevens if we can. And it was just not working out. It was too much hard climbing for me. Yep. Um, so the hardest thing you'd done prior to the trip was hard seven, easy eight, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. And. <clears throat> So it was probably a good decision to say, okay, I'm not going to focus entirely on the orb, which is one of the hardest dates in the South yeah, uh, in the world, and <laughs> instead get a bunch of mileage in. Yes. I realized that I needed to be a good climber. Yep. I was sick of going down on trips, you know, even if it was just a three-day trip to Stoneford or to Horse Pens, yep. um, sick of falling off the same things. Not because I was not strong enough to do them, but because I just could not figure them out. Right, sure. The feet were not there for some reason. You know, I was, my sequences were all messed up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just getting sick of being just a mediocre climber. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go down here. And for the first like two weeks, I don't think I got on anything harder than V6. Yeah. Just because I would get on a bunch of V4s and V5s with my buddy Connor. And we would climb them slow. We would try and climb them well. Yeah. Um, and that really worked out because the last two weeks of the trip, we kicked ass. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whose idea was that to, to climb them multiple times and climb them really well? Well, it was kind of, we, we went into it um, with the same mindset, which yeah. I think really, really helped us out because Connor, he's, he's climbing like V7s. He just got his first eight and he's been climbing for a little over a year. Mm-hmm. Nice. Crushing. Shout out but, Connor. Yeah. Shout out to Connor. Um, but we talked at horse pins about how different we are as climbers. He's, you know, I'm 6'2", huge, plus four, right. ape index. And then Connor's you're, you're like... a giant. Yeah, well, <laughs> and then Connor's like 5'6", short. He's really good at techie stuff. I'm really good at like big huggy slopers, compression yep. stuff. Yeah. So we went in there and we were like, we need to climb a whole bunch of stuff multiple times and try and do it like the other person yeah so i don't know you just you can't always go out of your way to accomplish certain goals or to keep them set in stone yeah um and i think more people should realize that and try and put that into action because if i would have kept the same goals i guarantee you my time at rocktown would not have been as great as it was yeah it wouldn't have been as productive for (laughs) sure um you know it's it's easy to latch onto a goal like the orb because it's this iconic amazing boulder problem that sits right there in the front where everybody sees it every day and you know i mean it's the one it's the one to do there it's sweet you know and it's easy to latch onto that but it very easily could have happened that you spent the whole trip much like i just did trying that one boulder and then it doesn't happen Hmm. and then you have to go back and and nowhere in there are you getting that month of experience under your belt that you did just get 
So I think the step that you took is the is the super smart one, you know, in really learning to become an outdoor rock climber. Then you can go into the gym and more effectively train to mm-hmm. do the orb. Yeah. You know, you'll be able to apply that better the next time you walk out there. Yep. And goals change and that's okay. You know, to be to be perfectly clear here, I think that Tanner made a really mature decision in switching his goal um, from this grade-based goal to to something more volume-based. Um, instead of chasing this number, he decided he wanted to be a better climber, and he knew what he needed to do at the moment to get there. But I don't think that's always the answer. You know, sometimes projecting a single boulder is the answer. It's the thing you need um, to make advancements in your own climbing. And after this break, we'll hear more about how Tanner, like all of us do, got wrapped up into a project. And we'll also hear the number one lesson that he learned from his trip. What's up, everybody? Chris here. Pardon the interruption. I'll keep this short and sweet. Since this podcast started taking off and we've been growing it, you guys have been asking how you can help out. I've got three ways for you. Number one, you can become a patron. That just means you give a monthly donation to the podcast, a dollar and up, and you get something in return. And you can check out what those rewards are at patreon.com slash powercompanypodcast. Best of all, we'll keep it sponsor and commercial free for you. Number two, you can rate us and review us on iTunes. I know it's a pain in the ass to go to iTunes and do all that, but it really helps us out. At least that's what I'm told by the podcast powers that be. And number three, perhaps the easiest way and the best way to help us out is to share us on your social medias. Anytime you see us post up a new podcast, please share it with your friends. Tag people who will really appreciate it or who need to hear the advice that we're giving. All right. Thank you, guys. And back to the show. Welcome back. We're here talking with Tanner Wilson, a 22-year-old climber from... Uh, just outside of Dayton, Ohio, uh, who took his first big road trip. And and even though he had spent some time getting stronger in the gym and training, and you know he had this big goal uh, to do the Orb, one of the most famous V8s in the country, um, just before his trip, he changed his goals. And changing those goals, you know, made Tanner a much better climber. And just like all of us do, you know, that led him into getting wrapped up into a project, uh, something he tried on his trip and now is stuck there in the back of his mind. Uh, I've been like obsessed with this thing for so long. I've never even seen it in person. You just like, saw, saw the videos, videos of, of it. Holy crap, that's so cool. Yep. It's like the coolest line ever. Um, was it like a rainy day the first day you were there? Uh, it was rainy. It yeah. had been raining. I think it had stopped and then... We got there late. Uh, it was after Dustin got off work, so it was like okay. four o'clock, I think. Cool. So we went in and put in a night session on everything. Um, but saw Sailor's Roof when we walked in, and I about crapped my pants. It was like it's big. Oh my gosh, it's so big. It's way bigger than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. There's so many moves. It's this giant roof. Why aren't there bolts on it? Like all this, all this stuff was running through my head. Yeah. And I like ran. I like dropped my pad and like ran down across the creek. I was like standing under it, and I was like. Oh man, I got to I got to do this. I got to get on this thing. I don't even care if I can do two moves on it. I got to get on it. Yep. And I'm definitely not a V9 climber yet. 
uh, every V9 that I've ever tried, just chuff right off. Like, mm-hmm. usually can't do more than three or four moves on them. Right. Um, got on Sailor's Roof, and I put together the bottom boulder problem from the start to the weird, like, underclings in the roof. Yep. And, like, four or five tries that night. Nice. And was super psyched after that. I was yeah. like, wow, I can actually go. Yeah, it's a and cool then, compression boulder leading up to that roof. It's my favorite kind of climbing. It's just all the holds are pretty good, yep. um, but it's just big hard moves over and over and over again. Yep. It's like the best thing ever, in my opinion. But got on it and worked it and did well on it and then left. I was like, okay, I'm satisfied with that. Um, let's go. Came back the next time and my buddy David was actually working it uh, when we got there. And he's a crusher. He He's a superhuman, in my opinion. He's, <laughs> he's nuts. He did Space Ranger um, in a koala suit. I don't even know what Space Ranger it's just is. Crazy-ass trad climb, I think, at Tennessee <laughs> Wall. It's like a 512 R-rated trad climb. Oh, I was thinking of boulder problems. Okay. Nope. And he did it in a koala suit. He's obsessed with koalas. I'm not really sure why, but <laughs> it's pretty funny. But um, it has something to do with track climbing. It makes you a little nutty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he he did it in like three tries. So I was like, oh crap! Now I got to do it. Yeah. Like we had so many pads under. Like the whole thing was lined with pads. There's no excuse other than the fact that my endurance is pretty piss poor. Right. So I got up there and I did the bottom boulder problem and I fell off of this move that I can do in my sleep, like three times in a row. Got yep. super ticked off. Had to chill out for a minute, and then. Got on it, got to my high point, which was like four or five moves from topping out. Yeah. Um, I hit the bad crimps on the roof, came out to the jug, and went to another jug and just totally biffed. Couldn't close my hands. Like, I was just pumped. <laughs> I, I tried to rest with like this weird knee bar, yep. um, like a double knee bar in those underclings yep. on the roof. And I spent more energy trying to get in there than sure, I did sure. getting anything back. So, got to my high point, and then... Rested for like 30 minutes, got back on it, fell off like the fifth move. And I was like, all right, I'm done with it. Getting pretty pissed off. Mm-hmm. I just, I got to chill. And then we went and did a bunch of other stuff, like some fours and fives that were there. And everybody was like, you going to get back on it? And I was like, no, I'm not ready for it yet. Like, I know how I'm going to feel when I get to that same high point. Not ready for it. Yep. Cannot close my hands. My forearms were like bigger than my thighs. It was just pumped, like it was it was bad. I looked like Popeye. And so now what I'm doing is I'm taking some of your advice that you gave me yep. for training for it. <clears throat> and hopefully it goes here middle to the end of March is nice. when I plan on going down there. You know, given that the temperatures and the weather's good. Um Hell so. yeah. And what we talked about, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you you're not much of a sport climber like that mm-hmm. that's not where your background is at all that's where i started though sure sure but it's not where your hard climbing is no not at all and and that thing is long and pumpy yeah you know so when you approach me you were like should i be getting my endurance up and power endurance you know can i train it all at once what should i be doing and my thought is because you're just coming off this trip you're your power was is high mm-hmm. and your your understanding of climbing is high right now so keeping that power up i think is important especially since you got to the end you know and so if you can keep that up and then on the lead in to going there the month before or whatever you know the 3 to 4 weeks before 
do some four by four type circuits or something Mm -hmm. where you're getting pumped. They're harder moves, but it's power endurancy and then finish it with some juggy steep climbing that that's what threw you off. Yep. You know, and I know you're capable of doing it. You're, you're probably physically capable of doing it right now, but that, but what that'll do is give you that mental edge to be like, okay, I've been more pumped than this in the gym and I've climbed harder steep jugs than this while this pumped. So this isn't going to be a problem at all. Yep. Because when you're that high off the ground, the slightest little doubt creeps in and you're done. Yep. You're you cutting know? feet and dropping. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you're not willing to take the take the backsplash, <laughs> you know, that far onto the pretty pad, big so. backsplash on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I looked down a few times. Oh, yeah. When I got out on the roof. It was a... A little nerve-wracking, but I'm, this one thing that I have going for me is I'm not afraid to fall. Yeah. Like, I'm notorious for skipping clips in Red River Gorge because I'm mm-hmm. too pumped to stop and clip. Like, just get to the chains, run, run, run. Right. And I, I got like a 45-second pump clock. If I can get up something in 45 <laughs> seconds or less, I'm good. But anything longer than that, if I have to rest, I'm toast. I don't get anything back. Yeah. So... Yeah, and you know, starting with that compression boulder it <clears throat> takes a lot out of you. Even mm-hmm. if it's your style, even if it's something that you did fairly quickly, that's a lot of energy you're spending on the bottom of that boulder problem. Yeah. And then you're left with, I don't know, what is it, 40 feet of roof climbing? Close, yeah. You I know, think something like that. It's probably close to 20 moves after that yeah. boulder problem. And that boulder problem is almost 20 moves itself. Right. So this is... Really hard, and everybody's like, Tanner, why did you pick this one to be your project? Like, you may just go to Red River Gorge and sport climb. Why did you pick it? Because uh, it's just, I, as soon as I saw it, I knew that I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I'm not, I don't even care if it's a V9, I don't care if it's like a V4. It's right. like the coolest boulder problem I've ever seen. Yeah. Obviously, I want to go, I want my picture standing on top of it. So, <laughs> nice. it's going to be, it's going to be good one day. I'll get it. he will because he's in it for the right reasons he really loves the idea of this boulder problem and even though it's doesn't suit his strengths very well uh, tanner's very aware of what he needs to do to reach his goals and he makes good decisions in that department Uh, but his trip back to salo's roof got thwarted by work he ended up getting pulled down to florida for a few weeks and wasn't able to make it back to chattanooga just yet And while he was in Florida, Tanner reached out to our Facebook community again and, you know, asked what he could do while he's in Florida to stay in shape. And and a couple of Florida climbers reached out and said, hey, here's the gym we climb at. You know, we'd love to hook up. And and I think that's that's what this whole sport is about, the community and, you know, the getting to know new people and being psyched for your partners. And and that's the number one thing that Tanner said he learned on this trip was that it wasn't all about him. Um, you know, sometimes giving up the spotlight and and just cheering on your friends can be more rewarding than sending a boulder yourself. The first time we went to Pet Boys, the only re- I had never been, never even thought about going, other mm-hmm. than because I saw a video of Sailor's Roof and it looked really cool. Yeah. Um, didn't even know where it was. My buddy Dustin that lives down there, he was like, guys, I got this project at Pet Boys. I haven't tried it in like a year. Um, let's go 
let's get on it. I was like, okay, cool. It ended up being Riverfront or Riverside, whatever yep. anybody wants to call it. Which is D5. an amazing boulder. Oh, yeah. super cool. Yeah. It was like one of my favorite ones I did on the whole trip. But Dustin, he just, for some reason, he just could not do it. He's plenty strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like, man, I, last time I was here, I, I tried it in my street shoes. I didn't have pads. Like, let's go get on it. So I like, I didn't know what to expect. I'd never even seen the boulder. So I got like four pads on my back. I'm like <laughs> trucking into Pep Boys and we walk up and it's like 12 feet tall. Yeah. And I just carried all these pads in for no reason. And I was like, man, but Dustin was super, super psyched to have us out there. Like yep. he was so excited to show us his project, yeah. something that we had all never seen before. Yep. He was ready for us to work on it. And we all worked on it, had a blast. Um, Dustin did not end up getting it. He will. It'll happen. Mm-hmm. But um, you could just tell that he was super, super excited and super happy to have his buddies at his boulder that he showed us. And, he, you know, it's just it's just really cool. It's cool to see that. And a lot of times when you're in a group of people with your climbing buddies, um, you want to be the person that everybody's, you know, cheering on on their project. And you want people to be throwing pads for you and yelling and hooting and hollering and doing all this stuff. But you you can't always be the person in the spotlight. Right. And I also realized that because I went out climbing with Ryan Copeland one day and he's super strong mm-hmm. and he was getting on all this stuff and he had some friends that were not as strong as him um and he had all these projects that he wanted to do well you know when it came time for them to climb he was throwing pads and cheering them on sure. twice as hard as they were him yeah so it, it was really cool yeah i think i think reciprocating that back to your partners is huge mm-hmm you know, and it just it just boosts the morale of the whole party. It just makes the whole day go better. Everybody climbs a little bit better usually. And yeah, and I think in a situation like like with you and Connor, or with you and your girlfriend Jesse, or you know whatever, where you where you're taking on some of the you know you're invested in their climbing. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, I I feel the same thing when I'm out with Annalisa or you know, with, with people I've worked with in the past where I have, I have some investment into their climbing. So I'm putting energy into what they're doing. You know, I'm stoked to either be taking cool photos for them or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just, I get excited to see them work on problems and then I get even more excited to see them send, you know, a lot of times I'm more stoked for them than I am for myself. You know, I definitely tend to have this like, oh, I just finished it. Let's move on to the next thing, you know. But I'm I'm like on a high all day when I see somebody else try really hard and send their project. Yep. Like Jesse, she did her first V4, like her first day at Rocktown. She just came off of a knee injury. Oh, hell yeah. Had not been in the climbing gym for like two months. Yep. Straight off the couch, sends her first V4. I Sick. would not have cared if I had done nothing harder than V1 yep. that whole trip because Jesse did her first V4 and she's been hard after it for a while now mm-hmm. um so that was really cool she just did her first v3 this spring past spring nice so a year ago almost she's crushing she's getting it she's getting after it so it was really cool to see and like when connor would do one of his projects that i would sit under with him for an hour or two like all the time 
you know, just watch him fall, watch him fall off of moves that he had done a hundred times before. Yeah. Just get frustrated. You get to see that whole process and then it's rewarding for both of you when you're out there and you're actually with them, seeing them invest all that time and effort into something. Yeah, go through that whole range of emotions and mm -hmm. frustrations and, you know, joy and, you know, the whole thing. It's so... Punting chalk bots and Yeah, no doubt, man. The whole, the whole range of human emotions happens on these little 12-foot-tall rocks. And it's so dumb, but it's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing better. Awesome. Well, cool, man. Thanks for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. And I'm, you know, I'm stoked for how your trip went. And, and I think you made all the right choices. I think that's, I think that's tough to do. You know, I look back at so many trips I've taken and wish I would have made different decisions about how I structured the trip or how I approached climbing on that trip. And, mm -hmm. and I think you, I think you hit on a bunch of things and it doesn't sound like it was an accident. Nope. So that's pretty cool. Definitely worked out. Yeah. Yeah. And good job, man. Can't wait to do it next year. All right. Well, thanks, man. Yep. Thank you. You know, I have full confidence that Tanner will get back and he'll do Salo's roof and he'll do the orb and, you know, on to bigger and harder boulder problems. And, and I know that when he does that, he'll be, he'll do it as a much better climber who moves the way he wants to move and he'll be surrounded by the people that he's made connections with and you know it takes a lot of us years to realize that those are the important parts of this sport this lifestyle uh, the important parts of climbing and Tanner learned all these things in a, a five and a half week trip to Tennessee and Georgia and that's what makes Tanner Wilson a not-so-average Joe. Thanks again for listening to our Not-So-Average series. We do this because we love it and because we believe that everyone has a story worth telling. And these episodes take a ton of time to produce and we want to deliver a good podcast to you guys, so any help you can give is hugely appreciated. Let us know how you like the new format on your social media or in a review on iTunes or by becoming a patron. You can like our page on Facebook or follow us on Instagram at Power Company Climbing. And, well, you can tweet about us, but like my main dude, Nolly Simon, says, We don't tweet. We scream like eagles. This time, 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 this time